this is a game that they had in hand pretty quickly. And there was never one moment where you thought Missouri was going to have any shot to really do anything on that defense at all. That's a nice place to be. Turning in their third shutout of the season, the Georgia Bulldogs took out the Missouri Tigers 27-0 in front of a cold Sanford Stadium crowd on Saturday night. Now, all of the attention turns towards the Deep South's oldest rivalry as the Dogs head down to Jordan-Hare Stadium for a 3.30 CBS kickoff next Saturday versus Auburn. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 207 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined today via Skype by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller. And even though the word Auburn, it comes up a few times in this very short post-game episode, we're sharing our thoughts on the big night that the UGA defense and wide receiver George Pickens had versus Missouri. So without any further delay, let's just jump on into episode 207. Hope you enjoy the show, and here's Will to get it started. Georgia wins 27 to nothing over Missouri. Where are you guys on the continuum? Are you on the, that defense was awesome, that's all that matters, or the offense was disappointing and only got so many field goals? Uh, where's everybody standing? Because that feels like where the big divide in this game is right now. I mean, I certainly think that's the big divide, but... I mean, was there anything different about that game than what you thought it was based on what we talked about? Because it wasn't for me. I mean, look, Kirby's going to continue to run a game plan against opponents where he he's going to do what he knows in his mind will win. And uh, we've been talking about this as as it goes. I don't, I don't think he's interested in style points. I don't. I mean, look, we had two or three pass plays, one of which was um, I guess called back. Oh, that's a long run. Anyway, I mean, we had we had touchdowns called back. We shut out an SEC opponent for the second time this season, and whether or not you want to frame it in the, oh, God, we can't score points or whatever, uh, where's to be upset about that? I'm kind of with Tony where, you know, I am not going to sit here and complain about a 27 nothing shutout win when it's the third shutout in a season for the first time since 1981 where the Dogs went back-to-back in 80 and 81, shutting out opponents three times in both those seasons, this is a, an embarrassment of riches, in my opinion, because I mean, think back to the 90s or the frustration in the latter years of Mark Richt. We, as Georgia fans, are making plans for a third straight SEC championship game if things hold and if things, you know, of course, we don't want to go ahead and write our names in yet. But it looks like that we are the front runners for the East, of course. And uh, I'm not going to complain about that. I think it's a world-class defense. It's fun to watch because, like Seth wrote in his article, there is no Roquan Smith. There is no star out there. And you do see players like N'Kobe Dean coming in and getting a sack. By the way, I was wrong on my sack stat last week. Thank you for everybody who kindly uh, corrected me on that. Um, That was my mistake. But, yeah, I mean, this is a fun defense. And it's not a fun, prolific, high-flying offense like LSU or name another team like uh, Ohio State. But uh, but yeah, I'm going to take it. I'm going to enjoy this, and I'm holding on, and I'm hoping that this thing ends up at the destination I want it to go to. Yeah, and I will say I agree that the game was not exciting, per se, and it wasn't like high, and there were times where it felt like they should have gotten touchdowns but instead got field goals. However, I'm not going to have a game where George Pickens seems to actually finally have emerged uh, in a way that we've been waiting for him. Uh, He could have had three touchdowns in this game. He had that one uh, called back. Uh, To me, the story of this game is, A, obviously the defense. 
the yes, they did not score a ton of points or did not get the 45 points that I think may have actually been on the table for them uh, at times during this game. I really Missouri looked uh, worse than I thought they were going uh, to look. That feels like a, a team that's in a lot of chaos right now. Uh, but the, what you want out of this is to yeah, they don't they didn't need to score 45 points in this game, so they didn't. But if you're looking for signs that if they do need to score 45 points, how would they do so? I think George Pickens becoming a huge option for them and emerging with that physical talent we've talked about from the very beginning of the year about we've, it's been so long since Georgia had that kind of wide receiver, that AJ Green type of superstar and even like kind of brooding somehow, uh, indulgent uh, superstar. You saw like, oh right, Pickens is still that guy. He's been quiet, and I think there's been issues that you've heard. You've heard the coaching staff kind of talk about how he's got a lot to learn and so on. But it's worth remembering that like that's a ton of physical talent that is still there, and I suspect will come in handy when you get into these big SEC championship games if they were to make it, uh, and it will come in handy against Auburn. Having Pickens emerge seems like actually kind of one of the biggest things that happened on Saturday. Okay, so having another option where Jake Trump, for whatever's going on with Jake Trump, another option where he feels comfortable throwing the ball into a tight spot in places other than the sideline, it can only help. Um, and, we, and we saw proof that Georgia can be explosive in a way. Missouri is a good defense. Um, you know, Georgia, I mean, Trump was only, I mean, he had below 50%, right? That's like 13 to 29, I think. Their defense made us earn, but yeah, I'm with you, Will. I mean, an emergence of Pickens to complement whatever it is Cager uh, and Fromm have going on, their their connection, it, it can only be good. Because I think there is coming a point this season where we will have to be in a position to score more than 24 points to win a football game. Um, I mean, we scored 27 yesterday, and I think if Georgia's offense had been a little more dynamic, we could have scored 45. I mean, there were a couple of times where, you know, early in the game, I, I thought, hey, we're Missouri's not moving the ball. Go for it. Because you know, we got down deep. He sent Rodrigo out. and Fine. Um, the other thing, and when you talk about the offense, I keep coming back to, this feels like very much a Lummis, like a Bud Foster-esque lunch pail defense. It just makes you work for every yard. Every, you know, they, they're so clean. They're so rarely mistackled. It stands out when they do because it so rarely happens. Um, just, you know, like 15 years ago, all we hear about, wow, Georgia's defense. Man, who's gonna who's gonna score points on Georgia's defense? And I think the emergence of Alabama and LSU's and Clemson and everyone else's high flying offenses um, that I think that narrative probably should trump how good Georgia's defense is. But my God, it's good. And frankly, I still think we can score points if we need to. We'll find out soon enough. But I think we can. Yeah, two things: uh, one offense, one defense. Comment: um, George Pickens. I didn't really get a good look when he did score his first touchdown. But after watching it back on replay, first thing that popped in my mind was Michael Jordan taking off from the free throw line. I mean, the, the, the way he stretched, I mean, what, he's got a 6'5 frame? I mean, he stretched from it looked like the three-yard line all the way clear across the goal line. That play was not even reviewed. Uh, there was no doubt about it. And then the second point, referring to the defense, that last drive that Missouri got, they totaled 76 yards. If you sub that out of their total, they had 122 yards of offense the entire rest of the game. That's world class uh, when it comes to college football, world class. So, I mean, those two things right there, we're going to get nervous as we preview our Auburn game coming up because we always do because it's Auburn and it's down at Jordan-Hare. 
But those are two things to put in your mind to kind of set you at ease a little bit is just the sheer dominance. And I know all three of us have mentioned this multiple times already and within the span of seven minutes, but the sheer dominance of the defense plus, you know, the non-committal offense. I don't even know how to describe the offense, really. But you've got Cager, you've got Pickens, and then, you know, that trio of backs that seems to be just running in there. And let's not forget, Fromm was dealing with three different centers that game, Hill, Mays, and then Salyer. So the fact that we didn't have a fumbled snap or anything weird happen like that, that's another testament to the offense because those centers are making the line calls and everything. That might have something to do with his uh, his uh, 13 of 29. Full stop, as Tony likes to say. I'm very pleased with this final score. Yeah, I'd like them to figure out some of that injury stuff before Auburn. That's not ideal to have that many uh, kind of injuries. But if Cager's okay, I mean, th- this – Listen, a lot of this, and we'll get into this in the preview show, a lot of this just comes down to how you feel about Fromm. Fromm did not obviously have a great game against Missouri, but it wasn't like one of those games where you're like, wait, did Fromm just forget how football works? Like, there was kind of a conservative game plan. This was a game they were never going to show very much. They clearly, Missouri with Bryant being out, did not have anything going on in offense at all. Uh, I felt the vibe at the stadium was... Workmanlike, <laughs> I would put it. <laughs> I think that it was it was cold, and I think most people were gone uh, pretty early. And I think that's okay. Like this is this is a game that they had in hand pretty quickly, and there was never one moment where you thought Missouri was going to have any shot to really do anything on that defense at all. That's a nice place to be. Does it tell you? That, but this is this is the curse, right? This is the whole idea of um, of when Georgia only exists to win championships is. Okay, so this perfectly pleasant, very nice 27 nothing win over a team that that uh, is in your side uh, of the SEC and has had success in the past uh, feels like, yeah, well, it's not Alabama or it's not LSU. It doesn't even tell us anything about how we're going to play them. Agreed, it doesn't, but they were there and they played them and they beat them handily. And that feels like something that we should take a little bit out of joy out of, though I don't know if I'm necessarily getting that vibe. Anytime you don't let a defense offense get a first down until the fourth quarter, and yeah, you know, I mean, like, I, I, it's going to sound weird or talk radio-ish, but I mean, it was kind of awesome how they stood up to Missouri had their first down inside the five-yard line and didn't let score a touchdown. I mean, almost in four plays, right? That's kind of awesome. And yeah, are we getting spoiled? Sh- sure, I would like to be in a place where we totally melt down over losing to the best team. Clearly, the best team of the nation at home, um, but we we didn't play LSU this week. By the way, Alabama did. Things aren't going well in Tuscaloosa this morning, um, but you know, whatever. Uh, just keep winning and keep winning and move on. We'll worry about what we look like against LSU or Alabama whenever we play. Have to play them sometime later this season. Frankly, we played the kind of defense against Auburn. We played yesterday, or we played against Florida, or Kentucky. I don't feel pretty good about the game. We'll worry about that this week, but. Keep playing defense and scoring just enough points. That's that was like the crux of the dual, entire Dooley regime, right? And now we're not happy with that because uh, somebody else has something that's shiny and pretty. And I think that weighs a lot in how we look at this. Yeah, I was going to start this uh, podcast extending my congratulations to Alabama for qualifying for the college football playoff. But on second <laughs> look, on second look. And after doing some reading, they haven't played a ranked team. Uh, they're not going to get another chance to play a ranked team except maybe Auburn. And then I started thinking, you know what would be really cool is if Georgia goes out and maybe blitzes Auburn. And, of course, we'll get to that later uh, in the week. 
when we do our Auburn preview. But then Alabama's having to play a desperate Auburn team, Auburn team with three losses already, and it just further complicates Alabama's schedule and pretty much puts them on the outside looking in if things hold as they seem to be going, uh, which is kind of fun for me to think about. They haven't beat a ranked team, and that uh, that Duke victory at the beginning of the season they were touting through week four, not so much anymore. That's a good segue to get us into our good, bad, and something else segment. Uh, and good, I'm assuming we're all picking Illinois. We're all picking what Illinois did as the good. Yeah. How yeah. awesome just, was that? That was so cool. Oh. I think somebody predicted it. I have to say, uh, that's one thing that Illinois hasn't had yet. They've had, the, obviously, the upset win, and they've had two pretty easy wins then. They haven't had that, like, bonkers, crazy comeback win. And that's what that was. And it was very, I mean, I think it also speaks to how things might be falling apart at Michigan State a little bit. But whatever, that's their problem, not mine. <laughs> so, uh, because I, I will say that that was, uh, to, to get bowl eligible that way is just downright giddy uh, way, way to happen. And, and to see Lovey Smith, you know, I've talked to you before, guys before about how, you know, Lovey uh, to me represents what college, what not just college sports, but what sports really should be. Uh, to see him have this moment uh, is, is pretty exciting. Uh, so that's my good. My bad is the, kind of what you're just saying right there. I don't see any way Alabama can make the playoff now. I just I don't see how it can happen. I, there's, they have no opportunities. You know, this is the thing as the committee kind of goes, um, it's getting more and more into an NCAA basketball model where the idea is it's not so much how many losses you have or who you lost to, it's who you've beat. Alabama doesn't have any wins and they don't really have any opportunity to. So while, and I, it's hard to see any possible way that you make an argument for Alabama. I, I just don't see it. I don't know how, I don't know how they could possibly do it. That's kind of amazing, really, to think that Alabama ends up getting those. And there's something else. Uh, Illinois beat Michigan State in a really wild comeback. And I'm just coming back to them because that's something else. Yeah. Before I do my good, bad, uh, and something else, I, you know, Alabama losing that game makes it a little more likely that Georgia plays somebody like Wake Forest in the Orange Bowl. So, there's good, there's bad. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I was really, really happy. My my good is is Josh Whitman. Uh, You know, Josh Whitman's the AD at Illinois, and I'm sorry for being so Illinois friendly. I just happen to know Josh. He was one of my students when I worked at the University of Illinois. Um, he stuck by Levy Smith and took a fair amount of, if not within the local uh, media in Illinois, certainly nationally, excoriation because he stuck with Levy. And it's paying off. I mean, I retweeted a great uh, video from uh, a writer for maybe the Champlain News. I'm sorry, I don't remember who it was now. Uh, Will, please forgive me. <laughs> but he got a video of Josh uh, you know, giving Levy a bear hug and picking him up. Uh, and just the genuine joy and happiness for both those guys is really cool. Uh, the bad, Arkansas losing to Western Kentucky and a quarterback that Chad Morris ran off. I haven't looked this morning, but I assume he's already got a moving truck at his house uh, this morning. He's already been let off. Like he, he, he was, he's, literally, he's been fired in the last, like, 20 minutes. Has he? Okay, that, that checks out. And then something else. UCF, run your mouth. You now have three losses. You lost on the road to a bad Tulsa team. That's the something else. And... I don't think anybody's going to return Danny White's phone calls now. So that's why I got <laughs> Nice. Um, my good is uh, row the boat. I'm a big fan of Minnesota. I like what they're doing up there. I know Tony and Will are no fan of PJ Fleck. I kind of like him. Uh, I say congratulations because I saw some stat that they put up. Like they haven't done this since like 1904, and none of us remember 1904. So good, 
job, Minnesota, beating Penn State. And who doesn't like seeing Jimmy Franklin lose a big football game? Uh, my bad. Come on, Kentucky. You're up 13 nothing in the first quarter and then don't score again and let Jeremy Pruitt and Tennessee win 17-13? to That was terrible. And they both have the same record now. Who would have thunk that? Tennessee and Kentucky are both four and five. Yeah, that was that was disappointing. Um, and my, my something else, everybody that's thinking that uh, Jake Fromm might be struggling, and yeah, last night he didn't have a great statistical night. Uh, I looked up on Walter Football Mock Draft. He's slated as the number 15 pick overall to the Titans right now, the third quarterback off the board behind Tua and Justin Herbert. So uh, enjoy Jake Fromm because if I was his parents – and I don't care what kind of season he has this year. If he's a top 15 pick, I'm like, son, go get your money. So Ahead of Jacob Eason, by the way. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, so we will be back for uh, – we're previewing the show, preview shows Tuesday night. So we're back Tuesday night. Last thing, if anyone knows of a good place, uh, we're not. We, I talked about the Hotel Indigo. They're actually having a wedding during the Georgia Auburn game. So I'm looking for a place, I've, and I'm I'm curious for suggestions. We're going to be downtown because we're going to go to the Jason Isbell show after that. So if anyone, I'm looking for a place that basically has like a, a big TV, not a college environment where kids can run around a little bit. So if anyone has any suggestions, uh, toss it out to us. But otherwise, I have uh, one. What's uh, your house? I'll be at your I have house. A suggestion. No, no. no. I think downtown. what you do is you take you take your TV from your house and put it in five points bottles because it's 21 and older to buy alcohol. And you can just sit there and watch the game. But there. My kids got to be there. I got to I got to I got to oh, watch right. it with the kids. And, and it's not then so you much. You should go to El Barrio. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, yeah, OK, there we go. OK, well, well any other uh, if anyone else that obviously no businesses exist outside of our sponsors. But if one right. theoretically did, uh, I would be curious to hear suggestions. Um, and one last thing, I want to thank everybody for entering our uh, giveaway uh, with uh, Hotel Indigo. We've had a ton of entries. Uh, the I don't know if this podcast will be up by the time that it closes, but it closes at 8 p.m. tonight on Sunday. And we will do a drawing at 4 p.m. on Monday to reveal the big winner. So thanks for all of the interaction y'all have had on our uh, Instagram giveaway. All right. See you all on Tuesday night. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Remember the Instagram contest that we're running with Hotel Indigo for a complimentary night's stay. It ends at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tonight. That's Sunday, today, uh, November 10th. That's the date. We'll announce a winner on Monday, November 11th, around 4 p.m. And I know that Will stated we'd be recording our Auburn preview show on Tuesday, but that's not the case. It's actually going to take place a day early. That's not a bad thing, but the men's basketball team plays on Tuesday, and Will has his courtside seats to occupy that evening. So if you don't already, go ahead and follow us on Instagram. Maybe enter the contest if you're listening to this before 8 p.m. on Sunday. Our handle is at WSLS Podcast, and you can also do the same on Twitter. Same handle. You can't enter the contest, but you can follow us on Twitter. It's at WSLS Podcast. And feel free to send us some questions or comments via either social media platform for the show that we're recording tomorrow. We'll check both those social media platforms before we record our next episode. And that's it. Thanks for tuning us in, and we'll see you on campus in a few weeks. And as always, go dogs.